You're listening to the Grace Covenant East Lincoln Audio Podcast. I want to make a declaration. It's my declaration of the day. And the declaration is, it is a great day to have a great day. Do you believe that? It is a great day to have a great day. And here's the reason why. If God is for us, then who can be against us? There's not anything that can really come against us. We may face some challenges in our day or our week, but if God is for us, then who can be against us? We have God on our side. Do you believe that? Well, before, uh, before we start the message, I want to pray. But before I do, I just want to share something with you. Um, at the end of worship, uh, Jeff Campbell came to me and he just whispered into my ear, and I think it's a significant word for some or one or many in this room, and it was this, that he said that the Lord brought to his, uh, his remembrance uh, the story of the woman with the issue of blood, who had for 12 years done everything that she could, and she had spent all she could, and yet she still had the issue. She had been bleeding for 12 years. And it was when she made a decision that if I can just push through the crowd and touch the hem of Jesus' garment, then it was then that she experienced healing. And so maybe you're here today, and this is in line with what we talked about before we entered the ministry time. You feel like you've spent all of your resources, mentally, spiritually, physically, and emotionally, and you still, the challenge is there. Um, push through, touch the hem of his garment, invite Jesus into your situation. That's a good word, right? Thanks, Jeff, for sharing that. Would you bow your heads as we pray? Father God, once again, we acknowledge your presence in this place. We thank you for your spirit. And we ask that today, um, by your spirit, through your word, that you would enlighten us, that you would enliven us, Father God, that you would reveal to us. And I pray that in that revelation, you would reveal to us just what a great future you have planned for each one of us. And uh, we pray that in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Well, you may have thought it a little strange that when you came in this morning, they placed a fork in your hand. And in fact, I heard several questions. So what's up with a fork? And maybe that's what you thought. What, what's up with a fork? Well, um, I, here's the disclaimer. We are not serving Sunday lunch during service, and we're not serving your favorite dessert. Oh, I'm so sorry. We could do that another time. But here's what I, I want. As you hold, Would you just take the fork and hold it in your hand? <clears throat> and I want to reminisce just a little bit. And there's a purpose for this. Remember when you were growing up, or possibly even as an adult, going to Grandma's house on Sunday after church for Sunday lunch, or uh, maybe going to a family reunion, or going to a, um, a church social, a church picnic, and when you went, there was just incredible food. There was such a great spread. There was ham and roast beef and mashed potatoes and gravy, and you're getting hungry, aren't you? And uh, there was hot biscuits and hot rolls. You know, your favorite casseroles, everything that you could imagine was there. And so everybody sat down and they ate. And as the meal was finished, uh, people would, become, uh, would begin to come around and take your plate. But as they took your plate, there's something they probably said, hold on to your fork. Hold on. Remember that? Hold on to your fork. And the reason they said that, you instantly knew something even better is coming. They were getting ready to bring out your favorite desserts, hot apple pie, your favorite cake, homemade cookies, cobblers. You're getting really hungry, aren't you, right now? Whatever your favorite dessert that you could imagine, it was probably getting ready to come out. You knew that when they said... Keep on, hold on to your fork, that the best was yet 
to come. And this morning, as you hold that fork in your hand, I want it to be just a tangible reminder that the best is yet to come when we think of the future of Grace Covenant. In fact, I want Pastor Farrell to spend just about five minutes talking to you about it by way of video. Pastor Farrell here. I am so excited to be able to share with you what's ahead for us as a congregation, Grace Covenant Church. But before I can talk with you about the future, let me talk with you about the past. 1937 was the year Dr. and Miss Clanton came to Cornelius to start church, Cornelius Tabernacle, which has become, as we know today, Grace Covenant. They pastored this church for 40 years, and they were sowing seeds. This is what I love about the Clantons, is that they believed that there could be more. They believed in the mission of this church to this community, and they were willing to take risks. And if you think of it like this, they sowed seeds that we're reaping today as a congregation. In other words, they invested forward. They embraced the future. And today, we have that same opportunity looking forward. So let me tell you what's before us as a congregation. We have a four-year campaign that we're launching called Embracing Our Future. And it involves the building of two facilities on two different campuses. Here on Cornelius, we're going to be building about 28,000 square feet. That involves the Grace Life Center, a multi-purpose facility, facilities for middle school and high school ministries, and classrooms to support the ongoing growth of the Grace Covenant Academy as it's impacting us right here in the Lake Norman community. So that's what's before us for the Cornelius community. At East Lincoln, we bought 10 acres of land about 18 months ago. We are ready to develop a worship facility there to support the congregation. They are out of room. The, the community is growing. It's a great opportunity. So we'll be building a worship facility for East Lincoln, Grace Covenant East Lincoln, and adding on to our facilities here. That's about a $10 million investment. And so we're launching this campaign, inviting you to be a part of helping us shape the future. Because just as the Clintons invested forward, so we have that opportunity today to be able to invest in what God's doing in and through Grace Covenant, not only to our community, but to the world. I'm John Petricelli, and this is my lovely wife, Lena. And we've been attending Grace Covenant Church since April of 2010. One thing that I can say honestly is that we certainly were looking for a solid ministry for children. We learned pretty quickly that there is readily available and genuine community just everywhere within Grace. We actually joined a, a community group very early on. It just seemed that there were so many people that, that we connected with on a different level that we didn't really anticipate. We realized that, yes, our, our daughter was growing, she was learning, and, and it was a great atmosphere for her, but we didn't, I guess, we didn't anticipate how much there would be for us. John and I are not from here. And I believe a lot of people too are not from North Carolina. We were looking for at the time was uh, not just uh, a connection, but to build a family. So I say we came to Grace, we built relationships. Uh, it became our village uh, for raising our daughter, just our village for just supporting each other. So for us, it has been a home. I call it my tribe has been a place that I can genuinely say has been my home. I'm excited to see it expand and just continue to uh, meet people at their, their needs um, through our church. I'm JC Edwards, married to Kirsten Edwards. We met on a Monday night um, here in Clanton Hall. I had joined the youth worship team and JC was already a member. 
that's where I decided that this was the boy I was going to marry, much to my mother's shock. Um, but we met right back there on that stage singing for youth group. I think for us, music has always been important and we were given the opportunity from a young age to be in leadership through music. And that's part of the reason why after being gone for five years in South Carolina and coming back here, why we decided that Grace was where we wanted to be because we knew our kids were going to be given a solid Christ foundation. We don't want to become like a stagnant bit of water. We want to be like a river that's flowing into the ocean that is bringing fresh new water, fresh new life. So the church has a vision and a mission all about being love and grace to the community and to the world. And we had a model or a structure and that pretty much everything in the church had a structure that would help us reach that, that goal. And you're right, I think in, more recently we've seen the structure change in a good way so that it's different, new, and fresh while still being able to complete the mission that Grace has been called to. Wow, what some amazing God stories of how Grace Covenant has impacted families. And that's just one small part of the miracle of what God is doing, has done, and will do in and through Grace Covenant. So as we're coming into this Embrace Our Future campaign, I thank you in advance for your willingness to be a part of the journey, to be a part of what God's doing as we embrace our future. Those are great stories, aren't they? Can we just thank God for what he's doing in Grace Covenant? You know, by way of the video and the stories and Pastor Farrell, we are reminded that as a church, we have a rich spiritual history, actually a history spanning a little more than 80 years, with six of that being here in the East Lincoln area. And when we look back, we give uh, great thanks. We celebrate all that God has done. God has done so much through the ministry of Grace Covenant in these past 80 years. Would you join me again? Would you, can we just thank God? for? Can we celebrate what he's done? At the same time, we can't deny the present reality of our church, what God's doing in Cornelius, what he's doing in Statesville, what he's doing here, right here in East Lincoln. God is doing incredible things in our current reality as a church. God continues to work miracles. And for that, we celebrate and we give thanks to God because he continues to be faithful. But at the same time, we can look to our future. And as we look to our future, we can anticipate that we will be able to celebrate and give thanks to God because the best is yet to come. Our future is even greater as a church. Listen, because God is always good and because God is always working for our good, we can with confidence look to the future. It's not just rhetoric, but we can with confidence look to the future and say, at Grace Covenant, Cornelius, Statesville, East Lincoln, the best is yet to come. We can count on it. We can anticipate. Do you believe that? Yeah, it's going to happen. It's, it's coming. Um, I hope you caught Pastor Farrell's closing words, and I want to read them to you, actually. He said, as we're coming into this Embracing Our Future campaign, I thank you in advance for your willingness to be a part of the journey, to be a part of what God is doing as we embrace our future. 
Um, I don't know if you noticed, but two times he used the words, uh, the phrase to be apart. And I think those words are very, very significant. Um, as we uh, embrace our future, uh, it requires that we are willing, we have a willingness to God to be a part of what he's doing. And it requires that we have a willingness to enter into a partnership with God in what he's doing. And it requires that we are willing to partner our faith and our action. In other words, God has the future to give, but it's ours to possess. God's is the future to give. He already has it prepared. He already has it planned, but it's ours to possess. There are two passages of Scripture that we believe are very significant as we enter into this embracing our future journey. I don't want to call it just a campaign, but it's a journey that we're going to take together. There are two significant passages of Scripture. The first is found in Isaiah 54, verses 2 through 4, and the second is found in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, through 9, uh, chapter 2 verse 9. Um, you thought that was going to be a lot of reading, chapters 2 through 9, right? I want us to read these verses together. It's, there, uh, it's going to come up on the screens. When I say go, we're going to read Isaiah 54, 2 through 4. You ready? Let's go. Enlarge the place of your tent. Stretch your tent curtains wide. Do not hold back. Lengthen your cords, strengthen your stakes, for you will spread to the right and to the left. Your descendants will dispossess nations and settle in their desolate cities. Do not be afraid. You will not suffer shame. Do not fear disgrace. You will not be humiliated. You will forget the shame of your youth and remember no more the reproach of your widowhood. And then 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9. Let's go. No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love him. We believe that to be true. The future that God has planned for us, we cannot even begin to imagine what it is. But we can start the journey to embrace that future so that it can be revealed. So we acknowledge that God has a greater future for us. I I trust that you would acknowledge that with me this morning. God has a greater future. As great as our, our past has been, the future is going to be more vibrant, and it's going to be even more life-giving than anything that we've seen through the ministry of Grace Covenant. And it has been incredible. And we acknowledge that it requires that we partner faith and action. Our willingness to partner faith and action. But I want to ask, what does that look like? What does it look like to... Uh, Begin a journey that says we're embracing our future. What does it look like to partner faith and action? And so with that, to answer that question, I want you to open your Bibles, and we're going to look at a passage of Scripture in uh, Joshua, Joshua chapter 1. I want to read it to you in just a moment, nine verses. Uh, But before I do, as always, I'd like to give you just a little bit of context. Um, When you finish up the preceding book, Deuteronomy, in the last chapter, we find the pronouncement of Moses' death. Moses has died. And it's interesting, in the very first verse of Joshua, chapter 1, it says, after the death of Moses. So the the book of Deuteronomy ends with the death of Moses. The book of Joshua begins with the death of Moses. And what that tells us is that it's a continuation, that Joshua is a continuation of Deuteronomy. It's not just a continuation of the content, but it's actually a continuation of the work that Moses had been called to. Moses was called by God to, uh, to lead the people to the promised land. 
but he was not going to enter himself. And so now uh, Joshua, after a time of mourning, has stepped into leadership and Joshua is being called. He's the one who is now going to lead the children of Israel across the Jordan and into the promised land. So what Moses started, Joshua will finish. Moses was the receptor, but jo- uh, Joshua was the one who actually took them on the journey into the promised land. So with that, I want to read these nine verses. And I want to pull out, after I read it, there are some significant principles. If we're going to effectively embrace our future, If we're going to effectively move into our future, if we're going to effectively partner faith with action, there are some necessary principles that we find in Joshua that we must engage with if we're going to be successful. So let me read these verses to you. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, uh, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I am about to give them to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I have promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon and from the great river to the Euphrates, all the Hittite country, to the great sea on the west. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As it was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their forefathers to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left that you may be successful wherever you go. Do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then... You will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. That's a powerful passage. It's a powerful passage. So what is it we draw from the passage? What do we learn from the story? What is it that we learn the principles that we can glean that will help us successfully embrace our future? As we start this journey, what does success look like? Well, there are four principles, and I want to bring them out to you. Uh, The first principle is this. Embracing our future means that we celebrate the past. However, we do not camp out there. We celebrate the past. However, we do not camp out there. It's interesting. um, In in, in verse 2, God says to, uh, to Joshua, Moses, my servant, is dead. That wasn't uh, an announcement. We already knew that. That had already been proclaimed in Deuteronomy, the last chapter. It wasn't a reminder. Instead, it was a remembrance. It was a point of uh, celebration. And it was a point of direction. Here's what God was saying. Moses, my servant, as he spoke to Joshua, he said, Moses, my servant. In other words, Moses was my faithful servant, and we celebrate that. Moses did what he was called to do. What Moses was faithful and he led the children of Israel to the promised land, right up to the promised land. Moses, my faithful servant. That is a point of celebration. But it was also a point of direction. He said, Moses, my servant is dead. In other words, we celebrate the faithfulness of Moses Moses, and the success of his, uh, his journey, but he has now died. Joshua 
is the new leader. Thirty days have passed, and now Joshua, after a time of mourning, has stepped into his rightful point of leadership, and he's saying, Joshua, you are the one you're going to lead into the future. In other words, he was directing towards the future. Don't camp out. Don't get stuck about Moses. Don't get stuck with the past in Moses. But in other words, keep on moving. You have a, there's a plan. There, there's a land for you to possess, and you won't possess it unless you move ahead. Don't camp out there. Cammie and I have had the privilege uh, of being uh, involved with the ministry of Grace Covenant now for more than 35 years. Actually, Cammie, for you, it's probably been 40-something years. Don't say that. She just said, don't say that. A long time, a really long time, when she was just a kid. Um, and it's not uncommon for us to think back. You know, so we started in the mid-'80s. We were mid-'80s from um, like eighty. Three uh, to the late 90s, and we were with Glenn Burris, and we were over on Main Street and Cornelius and what is now the Habitat offices. And we can look back and we can do some remember when, remember when Joe Alexander, remember when this person, remember when that person. And there were great things that happened. There were some exciting times. The church was growing, and there was so much happening in the ministry of Grace Covenant. And we look back, and then and then we 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 moved away for 21 years, and then we came back and. 2007 and 2008, we both went on staff at Grace Covenant again. And uh, for seven years, there were incredible things that were happening through the ministry of Grace Covenant. And oftentimes we look back and go, remember when? Remember when? And when we do that, we're, we're looking back and we're saying, remember when? Those were the good old days. But we're doing it with a celebration. We're not doing it in mourning. We're not looking back and saying, those were the good old days. I sure wish we could go back then. If only we were with Glenn Burris again, or only this was 2008. That's not what we're doing. We're celebrating the past, but we're looking towards the future with even greater anticipation. Because, God, if you did these things then, then we can only imagine what you're going to do in the future. Here at East Lincoln, there are six years of incredible ministry that's taken place. Six years. Can you believe it's been six years? And so we can look back. Remember when we moved into Sally's Y? We were here then. That was such an exciting time. Remember portable church? Remember setting the plastic on the floor every week so that the chairs wouldn't scratch the gymnasium floor? It was a lot of work, but God was doing great things and people were coming. And, and then we moved into this building. We had our own building that we owned and we had a place. There was no more portable church. The chairs were already set up when you came in. And there was places for fellowship and people to just talk and and God has done so many great things in the time that we've been here and so we celebrate those things but we don't want to get stuck in the past right because if we get stuck in the past we're going to miss the, the what God is doing right now and we're going to miss the opportunities for the future when we when we find ourselves stuck in the successes of the past we forget or we miss the opportunities that God has for us right now and in the future. And so as a church, specifically here at East Lincoln, we are looking to the forward, with, uh, to the future with great anticipation. What's the second principle? Second principle is if, uh, embracing our future means that preparation precedes possession. Try to say that five times really fast. Preparation precedes possession. In Joshua, again, in in, uh, chapter 1, verse 2, God speaks to Joshua and he says, Joshua, I want you and these people to get ready to cross over the Jordan. 
I want you to get ready. There was preparation that had to take place before they could cross over the Jordan. When, when we're going to take a trip, what do we have to do? We have to prepare, right? We don't, well, maybe some of you do, but we don't just take off and say, hey, I'm going to go away for three weeks or whatever. But we take time to prepare. We, we plan. We, we pack. Uh, we map. We, we make sure the car is filled up with gas. We make sure that we have sufficient finances for the trip. There's a, there's a uh, preparation that goes ahead of the trip. And um, if, if, I don't put, if I start off the trip with a quarter tank of gas, I might get on a stretch of road where there are no service stations. And so what happens? I might find myself stranded on the side of the road. If I don't pack a suitcase about day two of the trip, I'm going to be in trouble. And you're not going to want to be around me by day three, day four. Uh, you know, there's, there's preparation. If I don't get out a map or if I don't put a destination in the GPS, uh, I'm directionless. So I'm going to get lost. You just, I might not get there. And for us, we have to have the same mindset. As a church, we have to prepare to cross over. We have to prepare for the future that God is calling us to. We prepare spiritually. We have to pray. We have to seek what God says in the Word. We prepare mentally because as we embrace our future, you know what? It's going to mean changes because more people are going to come and we're going to have more opportunities and we may have to begin to do things a little differently than we did to, to meet the needs of those who are coming. And, and, and we, pre- we prepare practically. And I'm going to talk about the practical preparation in just a few minutes, but it's necessary that we prepare. I, I love the words by Ma- Mark Batterson. He says that we should pray as if everything depended on God. And it really does, right? But we should work as if everything depends on us. Here's a third principle. Embracing our future means that as we partner faith and action, the impossible becomes possible. As we partner faith and action, the impossible becomes possible. In verse 6, he said, Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their fathers, forefathers to give them. I'm sure that... For Joshua, that seemed like an impossible task. There was these literally millions of people that he was going to lead across the Jordan and into a land that they knew very little about, and and they were going to possess it. Um, It's important for us that we realize, though the task before us, though the journey might seem impossible, as we partner our faith and our action together then something miraculous happens and God provides all that we need in every way. God told Joshua, be strong and be courageous. And it's the same word that he's speaking to us today. Be strong, be courageous. Listen, we talked last week about the fact that God has called us to be mat carriers and roof breakers. If you weren't here, get listen to the, listen to the message on the podcast. But... Uh, as mat breakers and roof carriers, we are to go to extreme measures to ensure that a, a, a host of people that uh, we are even yet to come in contact with who are broken, who are lost, who are in great need, will have an encounter with Jesus so that they can experience healing in their brokenness. And we become Jesus in the flesh. It's as we carry out the ministry he's called us to that suddenly people are encountering Jesus and healing is taking place. That's what he's called to. When we look at all the needs, it could seem impossible, but when we partner faith and action, the impossible becomes possible. Um, I love it. It's in your notes. 
Faith can move mountains, but don't be surprised if God hands you a shovel. In other words, there's something that we're required to do. Uh, The final principle, if we are uh, embracing our future, means that obedience to God's direction opens the way for God's work. Listen to verses 7 and 8 again. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Do not let the book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Uh, Here's what I want to make sure that we understand as we start this journey journey towards our future. Um, The mission that Joshua was called to was really not about the land, but it was about the people. His call was to help a people, the children of Israel, possess all that God had planned for them. All the promises, the fruitfulness of the land. It's important that we understand today, I'm so excited that uh, we're going we're gonna to get a new building. I, I'm so excited that we're going to get a larger building on our own land. And it's going to provide so many opportunities. But in reality, this isn't about a building. This is about people. We have to keep our eye on the fact that this is about people. We are a people who have been called to be kingdom-minded. Our focus has to remain on the kingdom of God, not on a building, not getting into a building. That's going to be a byproduct, and that building is going to provide many opportunities for us. It's going to be an instrument, but that's not our target. That's not our goal. Our target, our goal, is to impact as many people as possible in the East Lincoln region with the transformational message of Jesus Christ. I'm going to say this again. Our mission is not about a building. We are going to get a building. But our mission is about the people. There are so many opportunities that have not yet been tapped into and that God is going to present to us, and we have to be ready to move into that. Um, God promises his presence, and we need his presence. God promises his power. Would you agree with me? We need his power. God promises his provision, and we need his provision, and he will provide. God will provide so that we can meet the needs of the people that he sends to us. As a church, we do have a rich spiritual history, and we celebrate that. And God is doing incredible things in our current situation, in Cornelius, in Statesville, and East Lincoln. God is doing incredible things. But without a doubt, the best is yet to come. An even more vibrant, an even more life-giving future. So practically, how do we prepare? And here's what I'd like for you to do. I'd like for you to reach into your worship guide, and I'd like for you to pull out this Embracing Our Future um, brochure. I'm not going to read this to you. Uh, You're very educated and you can read by yourself. But I do want you to open up to this middle portion. And uh, you see in the middle, why build? And throughout the interior of this brochure, you see many, many reasons. And all of them are good God reasons. But just above that bubble, 
Um, I want you to just focus on the East Lincoln one. Why build? It will position East Lincoln campus to impact their fast-growing community. This community is growing so quickly. More and more people are coming, and so many of those people are unchurched, or they've moved from other areas, and they're going to be looking for a church home. They need ministry. They need people to connect with them. And we have the opportunity, and the building will provide that for us. If you look down in the lower right corner of, of the building, it uh, refers to East Lincoln Campus being Phase 2. Here's what's getting ready to happen. In just the next few days, they're going to start moving dirt on the Cornelius Campus, and the building is going to begin to go up there uh, that you saw in the video. Um, as that building begins to rise, what's going to happen is here in East Lincoln, uh, we don't have a site plan for our building yet, our future building. And so we will form a building committee. And that com- committee will begin to pray and will begin to take survey and ask questions and begin to determine what are the needs of the building that we have. And from that, we'll have a site plan that we can say, this is what, this is what we're going to move into. Um, the, the building in Cornelius is scheduled, and they say it's going to take about 395 days for the completion of that. So uh, that's a little while, but it's, it's going to go by quickly. But uh, shortly into that, we're going to begin our process. And our, our targeted move-in date to our new building is September of 2020. In one sense, that seems like a long time away, but it really isn't. So that means near the end of 2019 or at the very beginning of 2020, we will start construction on our new building. So practically, how do, how do we all get involved? Well, um, if you look on the back of the brochure, it says, how can I pray? I think practically and spiritually, the way to begin is just to begin to pray. And there's some prayer points there. And I would ask that you would keep this nearby, maybe in your Bible or something that you're going to see uh, continually. And you would begin to pray for the future as we embrace it. And then obviously, uh, they don't give buildings away. They don't build it for free. I think we all know that. And so uh, it's going to require a, a financial commitment from all of us. We do this together. It's not just some, but it's all together. So you would begin to pray about how God would have you participate financially in, in a, as we embrace our future. Uh, and there are many ways that you can do that. And so if you would begin to pray. The other thing that I would encourage you to do is if you notice this uh, card in your worship guide, um, on September 20th, that's a Thursday night, Pastor Farrell will be with us here. Uh, uh, we're going to provide a dinner for everyone. We're going to have child care for children all the way up through fifth grade. On the, in, on the card on the back it says it's through five years old, but it's actually through fifth grade. And we want you to come that night. We're going to feed you. We're going to feed your children. And, um, but we're going to get to hear from Pastor Farrell as he casts further vision about this. And you'll have a chance to ask questions that might be on your mind and your heart. We would ask that you would go ahead and mark this on your calendar. And this tells you how you can go online and register now. We want as many of you as possible to be here. And then finally, if you would join us on Sunday, September 23rd. That's our Commitment Sunday. Um, that's the Sunday that you can determine. You can say, this is how I want to contribute to this, uh, this uh, journey over the next four years. Uh, or maybe you're going to contribute one time. And also, we're going to receive a first fruits offering to seed uh, the funds for which we, we build with. And so those are the ways that you can practically be involved. But the point is, is that we remember this whole journey is about people. It's not a building. But in the midst of that, a byproduct will be a building so that it allows us more opportunity. Do you believe that God has an incredible future ahead for us? Yes, he does. And we get to be part of it together. Would you bow your heads as we pray?
Father God, thank you. Thank you for the opportunity that we have before us. Thank you for our rich history, spiritual history. Thank you for what you're doing right now. And we anticipate the future with, uh, with great excitement, Father God. I pray that you would prepare our hearts and minds, Father God. I pray that we would be a people who would pray for this journey. And Lord, I pray that you would show each one of us how we can participate. And so, Father God, we offer this to you and we offer it in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. For more information on Grace Covenant Church, our service times, ministry opportunities, directions, and more, visit us at gracecovenant.org.